Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. Today is VBPH Sunday, where we feature a message that was recently preached from the pulpit of our church here in Virginia Beach, Virginia. You'll hear from Pastor Adam Dragoon and any other visiting preachers who have come through our church. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. Amen. Thank you for having me. You're breaking stuff, brother. I'll fix it. Amen. Amen. That's why we can't have nice things. Amen. Good to be here this morning. My name is uh, Jason Glasscock. I'm out of the Norfolk congregation. I was pioneering for nine years in Fort Myers, Florida. My family and I have been back up here for just about a year now. So uh, glad to be back and glad to be here to uh, preach. And if this thing gets annoying, let me know and I can switch to the end. It's off. It's off. Let's see with the other one. They're both off. We good? Okay. If I need to switch, I will. I don't mind. All right. Amen. With all that introduction, I hope I do pretty good now. If In your Bibles, turn to the book of Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. I don't know how many people have ever been to New Orleans. There's a six flags in New Orleans. But this six flags has been an abandoned. It is near the Interstate 10 and Interstate 510 in New Orleans. The park opened in May 20th of 2000, and it opened up as Jazzland. The crowd was estimated to be 20 to 25,000 people, and the season ended with 75 to 80,000 season ticket holders. In 2001, the lease was put up for sale, and on March 
Uh, March 2002, Six Flags purchased it for $22 million. The idea behind it was, hey, let's give something for families. Again, I've never been to New Orleans, so I, but I've heard stories and I know the things that go on in the area, especially at night. So they thought, you know what, we could do something to draw families in there, something that's just off the area and that people can be part of. They added all kinds of rides to this. They added the Batman ride. They, added, uh, they brought in rides from uh, Japan, from Texas. The goal was to make a water park, to make this thing as big as possible, to continue to draw those families. All this happened in 2005. In August 20, on August 21st, 2005, the park closed in, prep, in preparation for Hurricane Katrina. The weekday operations had ended a couple weeks earlier. However, as school started early in August in New Orleans, it had ended in May. The park was rescheduled to open the weekend of the 27th and 28th. But once Katrina forecast said it was going to direct on the 26th, they, 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 they rescheduled the opening. By the time the park closed, they had spent $44 million on this park to upgrade it. So you have $22 million to buy it. 44 to upgrade it, $66 million into this park for upgrades, and it closed because of the storm. I've titled this sermon, Closed for the Storm, because of what the storm brought. I found it interesting on this park, on everything that happened with it, and that it is still closed today. I always find it interesting when we abandon uh, large places, like amusement parks, obviously malls, are becoming uh, abandoned places. It's interesting in the stories that happen that cause it to happen. This part, there was a documentary on it, so it got my attention. I started paying attention to it. And when you really think about the science of it, it doesn't make sense to even build a park there on something that's five to ten feet below sea level. Like I said, I pioneered in Florida for nine years. I'm also from Florida, so I know a thing or two about hurricanes. And when you're down there in Florida, you don't really pay attention to hurricanes. The news hypes it up, and now it's gotten even worse because they talk about it for like a month before it even gets there. You're like, yeah, let, let me know when it's here, and then I'll decide when I'm going to leave. But all these things that happened, why would you build it there? Because they saw an opportunity. Why they never reopened? Was it not worth the rebuild? Were they afraid it wasn't going to last again? Were they afraid that it was going to happen again? But it got me thinking about this. I like to parallel things that happen to our lives. How many times has something happened to us that we don't reopen? Something in our heart, maybe a loved one. I love somebody and they hurt me, so now I don't open up for love. Church, I've gone to church many times, but something happened and it hurt me and I'm not opening up again. Why? At some point, you saw potential in family, you saw potential in a spouse, a loved one, a child, you saw potential in the church, and something happened, something attacked it, and it hurt the heart, and you closed down and have yet to reopen. Why? There's potential there. There's still potential in New Orleans. They opened up everything else in New Orleans but this park. Maybe they're scared it's going to happen again. Are we scared it's going to happen again? It might not ever happen again, but we could be scared. In our verse, Matthew 8, 23, 27, it says this, Now they got onto the boat, and his disciples followed him, and suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea, so that the boat was covered with waves. 
But he was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us. We are perishing. But he said to them, why are you fearful? Oh, you of little faith. And he came and rose, rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. So the men marveled, said, who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey him? First, I want to talk about is the good times. The good times, when things are going good. Like I said, that first love, that first time you're somewhere nice, that, the good times. This park, like I said, they were having good times, making money. People saw potential. Somebody opened up, made all this money, and then they sold it to something bigger. Hey, this is potential. Good times. Let's get that ride from Japan. Let's get that ride from Texas. This is going to be it. This is going to be a moneymaker. We have, we're selling out season tickets. We got tourism coming in. This is a great opportunity. All things are happening. Let's expand this to a water park. We'll make millions. Good times. Good times. In our scripture here, the disciples, think about the disciples. They were handpicked. If you read the Bible, there's thousands of people that were around Jesus, and he's like, no, you, definitely you, 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 come with me. And if you're a man in this place, you know when you're handpicked by somebody, you're like, that's right, he picked me. And I mean, that's how you might be on the inside. On the outside, you're going to come humbly, oh, thank you, thank I don't know if I'm worthy of this. But inside, you're like, of course he picked me. I'm not surprised. I don't know why the rest of you are. Right before getting on the boat, they heard the Sermon on the Mount. One of the best sermons ever. Jesus preaching. This is great. Before they got on the boat, they saw miracle healing. Leopards healed. They saw all come. Lepers. Lepers. I got to say it because I, I said that one time. My wife's like, he didn't heal leopards. Okay, no D, lepers, sick people, part, parts falling off. Not the spotted animal. The centurion's servant. Peter's mother-in-law. Now, Peter might have been like, you know what? We didn't have to do that miracle, but it works. But a multitude of other things happened before they got on the boat. This is the right guy. We're tied to the right guy. This is the Messiah. There's something different here. I'm glad I'm picked up by this man. He picked me to go with him on the boat. I'm looking forward to what's to come. But also in that time, there are warnings. Like I said, I live in Florida. Right about now, they're going to start putting things on sale for, for oh no, they already did it. They put stuff on sale for uh, preparation for hurricanes. Discounted things, water, all these things you can do to prepare for a hurricane. There's warnings that happen every year. But yet, people keep moving to Florida. And it's glorious. It's the promised land, I'm telling you. Prior to the hurricane that hit Katrina, there were 63 hurricanes that hit that area over time. 20 of them were Cat 1s, 19 Cat 2s, 19 Cat 3s, Cat 4, 4, and 1 Cat 5, which is the worst one. Katrina was a, was a Category 3. So 19 other ones that have hit there. But obviously, the devastation had never happened before. But there's the warnings. The warnings that were there. How many times do we go through life and there's warnings there that are telling us something's not right? Be prepared. But again, during the good times, it's not going to happen to us. 
Jesus, before he got on the boat with the disciples, our scripture we talked about in uh, eight, Matthew 8, 23 to 27, in, in verses 18 and 20, he, Jesus said to the multitudes, he commanded it apart, and a certain scribe and said, teacher, I want to follow you where you go. And he said, foxes have holes, birds have air in the nest, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. That's who just picked me to go be a disciple, and I have nowhere to live? nowhere to go. He's saying, hey, foxes and birds have homes. Where we're going, it's not going to be easy. We're going to be on the road. We're going to be traveling. There's going to be difficult times. But again, during the good times, we don't hear that. I got picked. Oh, yeah, that might be hard times. Yeah, there's been hurricanes here before, but what's a hurricane? Everyone from the north, y'all don't know anything about hurricanes. They'll be fine. It's like a storm. How many times do we overlook warnings? Look, think about the world we live in now. Even the world warns people. We got warnings on everything. But even on the common things that the world gives into. Cigarettes. It boggles my mind that I see young people smoking. I know older generations, hey, it was part of the, the, uh, the times and there was no warnings. But now there's people who are practically dying people on the pack and are like, cool, let me smoke. I don't understand how anyone gets pulled over for DUIs. There's warnings for alcohol everywhere. You can pick up your phone and have taxi, Uber, anything come pick you up. But yet, there's plenty of people that get in trouble with drinking and driving. I'm a big sports fan. I listen to sports. And the biggest thing that's been happening in sports is gambling. There's people that sponsor it. I'll hear commercials, and at the end of the commercials, if you have a gambling addiction, please call this number. They promote it and give you the warning afterwards. They know it's wrong. They know it's bad. Vegas isn't built because they give away money. But yet, what do we do? Oh, I'm going to win. It's not going to happen to me. Nothing can happen to me. How many other things do we do in our lives that are harmful to us that we hide, that we don't think is a big deal? In the world today, especially in the world today, how much pornography runs rampant? It's not going to affect me. People have affairs all the time. There's drugs going on, over-the-counter and illegal drugs. But yet we, hit, we, we go with these things and say, what's going to happen to me? How many times have we gotten comfortable while false protection? Maybe a sense of invincibility. Again, it's not going to happen to me. How many times have you been warned? Before I got saved, I really didn't go to church. I mean, I'm from the South, so... You believe in church. You believe in the Bible. You believe in Jesus. I couldn't tell you anything from the Bible. I probably went to church, I could probably count on two hands growing up before we got saved. However, I knew some things were wrong. From the times I had gone, there were certain things that were said that, hey, you know what, that's not right. Just in that moment of time, I've heard things. How many times have you come to church? If you're part of this church, this fellowship, we have plenty of church. How many warnings have you heard? And we walk out of here. I hope those people get it. I mean, I'm good. But that's okay for me. But the reason why we have to understand this is because not every storm's the same. Like I said, there were 19 other Category 3 hurricanes. You probably couldn't name another one. But when I said Katrina, everybody knows that name. 
They ignored the warnings. The disciples ignored the warnings. I want you to think about this, that the, what the disciples, as they got on this boat, what were many of the disciples before they became disciples of Christ? Fishermen. I'm getting on a boat. Most of them were fishermen. Yes, the other ones had other jobs, but fishermen. Hey, I can do this. Hey, stay with me. I'll show you how to do it. You grab that rope. I'll tell you how to do it. This is good to go. They've been on this lake before. They know where they're at. They know what's going on. They've been in storms before. But why? Were they like this? We've been in many, many storms. Think about it. If you've been married any amount of time, you might have had one, maybe two, or more disagreements. Maybe some arguments. Heck, maybe some fights, I would say. The first fight is like, oh, it's cute. But if you had a fight after a few years, things come up. Mainly from the women's side, because men don't remember anything. You remember that time you did this? I don't know what you're talking about. I don't think I did that. Was that me? That was prior salvation. That was just yesterday. Oh. But through relationships, we've had problems with that. But in today's world, that's why people don't want to get married. People are afraid of what happens. Am I going to get tied into? Am I going to get locked down? I don't want to be controlled. They think it's all these different things that come along with it. How many times have you had car problems? Just a little problem, right? I'm not a great mechanic. I can change oil, change brakes, change alternators, do certain things. So certain problems, I'm like, okay, I can take care of that. It might take me a few hours, but I can do it. I might have cuts and bruises on me, but I can do it. But does that stop you from getting a car? Money problems. How many times have we had money problems? All these things that come up, and we figure out, you know what, I can figure out how to get over it. We're grinded out. Because there are going to be problems. They're going to happen. All that stuff ties in. Like I said, the car problem can cause the money problems. But we'll figure it out. We got this. We can do it. But the disciples, the first storm they're in, they think they're going to die. They wanted to follow Jesus. They were handpicked. They were not going to run to Jesus over just a thunderstorm. This isn't just a regular storm. These are fishermen. They've been in stuff like this before. But what got them to run to Jesus saying, hey, we're going to die? I've never seen anything like this before. I don't know how we're going to make it through this. We're going to die. I once heard a man say this about a leader. He said, I would fight hell with a bucket of sand if he was leading it. This is what Jesus is. Hey, I will fight hell because that's what the disciples are doing. And yet the first storm they come into with Jesus, handpicked, heard the sermon of the might, saw miracles happen. First storm, we're going to die. Why? We're fishermen. We've been on boats before. They've been on boats. There are, many of them have been on boats before, and yet it happened. Because if you read the verse, it says a furious storm. Oh, another verse says a violent storm. The reason it happened like this, the reason why they ran to Jesus is because it wasn't what they were expecting. We have expectations in our head. Has anyone ever had a conversation in their head with somebody of how it's going to go? The arguments, that, oh, he's going to say this, I'm going to say this, we're going to blow, it's going to be. And then you have the conversation, it doesn't go anything like that. 
We have expectations. So they had an expectation. This is what they were, they were not expecting. This is not what I signed up for. This is not what I was handpicked for. How are we going to handle this? If you get thrown overboard, we're going to die. This is a bad storm. Furious, violent. What made it so different? What made it so different? Nowadays, they talk about storms all the time. Anytime it's a hurricane, you know, global warming. It's Florida. It's a hurricane. But I was thinking about this, and I was talking about this with another guy in the church. And we brought up, was the storm demonic? Demonic inspired. It got me thinking, now, hear me out on this one. Storms play a part of our lives. God has been used by storms. Noah, Jonah, Job, he spoke to Job out of the storm, Peter walking on water, a storm came. This story, Paul crashed when he was going in a storm. In the Bible, Jesus rebuked people, demons, and demonic-inspired events. Remember, back in Adam and Eve, he rebuked the serpent. He cast out unclean spirit. He rebukes a fever. He rebukes the Pharisees. He rebuked Peter. So when I was thinking about the storm, I don't think the devil, I don't think it's purpose, I don't, the devil doesn't have the control over the weather. But the storms that Jesus used, that God uses, they reveal something within us. So what did this storm do? It brought up fear, doubt, unbelief, lack of faith. That is demonically inspired. It's not the storm that, the, that we need to focus on here. It's not the storm that brought it up. It's what it brought out of us. It's what brought out of the disciples. The, the storm brought out demonic things. Lack of faith. Fear. We're not meant to have fear. As Christians, we shouldn't have fear. And I say that, hey, easier said than done. I understand that. We shouldn't have doubt, lack of faith. Hey, again, pot. Calling a kettle black. I understand that. There's going to be times that we have these things that happen. So sometimes that things happen to us. We sit here and we give the devil too much credit. Because in reality, I believe God is trying to trim something from us. Because think about this. He had just picked the disciples. We're going across. We're going to do great things. However, before we can do great things, we got to get some things out of you. And Jesus, he only had, he had a limited amount of time. So you know what? Let's get this over with. Storm, fear, doubt. Let me show you who you're really with. Whatever is demonically inspired needs to be rebuked. You know, we can sit here and say, let me go to my home and cast out the devil, all these things. And, and, and you might need to do that. But sometimes we just need to look in the mirror and say, you know what? I need something out of me. I need to have my, my lack of faith, my fear, my, my, the way I look at people, the gossip that I produce, whatever it may be, the, the, the lack of faith of, of, of giving, the lack of faith of witnessing, whatever it may be within us. It might not be the whole house. It might be the whole car. It might not even be your spouse, your job, your church. It might just be mirror. So when you leave and you have a flat tire, it might not be the devil. 
It might be, let's see what you do when this situation happens. Lastly, what do we do when the storm comes? When the storm comes. It's going to come. You're going to go through a storm. I don't know what kind. I don't know how big. I don't even know when. Because I lived in Florida doesn't mean I went through a lot of hurricanes. Technically, the first hurricane I ever went through that caused any damage on me and power was here in Virginia Beach. I went with like 10 days without power. Right up here off of Birdneck. First hurricane. I'm from Florida. Grew up in Florida and the first hurricane was here. That affected my life. So the storm's going to come. That also told me you can't run from the storm. You can't hide from it. It's going to come. It's going to happen. So what do you do when it comes? And here's another thing to understand. It might not be what you expect. It might not be what you expect. It could be bigger. It could be stronger. It could be easy. You could go buy all the bottles of water in the world, and then in the end, you're like, oh, this was a thunderstorm. I lived up here, I was in the Navy, and there was many times, we're like, oh, we got to shut down because of snow, everything's going to happen. Shut down the city, shut down the schools, and the next day, you're like, one flake. Kids are like, I'm outside playing. But it's the warning, they were worried about it, they were thinking, hey, if this has happened, worst case scenario. But I do believe this, 100%, I do believe this, the closer you get to Jesus, the more intense the storms are. More intense because Jesus wants something to do with us. There are going to be attacks, but again, there's something that's going to be more intense when we're with Jesus. What do you do? There's a story about more storms in the Midwest. Again, Florida, I'd rather deal with hurricanes than tornadoes any day of the week. Earthquakes, no thank you. Give me hurricanes. I know when they're coming. But in the Midwest, they go through the set of storms as well. As they cross the Rockies, cows can sense the storm. They hear the thunder and they sense danger. They begin moving east because the storms are coming from the west to the east. So you know what? Hey, let's go to the east. Which continues to overtake them. Follow the instinct to avoid danger. Listen to this. Follow the instinct to avoid danger. They start to move away in fear. We know the cattle cannot outrun the storm, and since they're moving in the same direction, the impact is greater. Eventually, they're in the storm, moving in the same direction, keeping up with it longer. So to avoid trouble, they make things worse and end up spending even more time in the wind, the rain, and the snow. They would have been better off just standing still and letting the storm pass at its own speed. The buffalo, it does a different reaction. As the storm comes, they herd up and they run, not walk, run into the approaching storm. How these species develop their instinct, I don't know, but think about how smart it is. By running into the storm, they add their speed to the, the, the relative passing speed of the storm, breaking through it much sooner on the other side. Does that mean the buffalo doesn't get wet or snowed on? No. They still get soaked but the length of the storm is much shorter. If we could understand this, we could take on a lot more head on. Now, what got me also thinking about this is what did the buffalo do? They herd up, first of all. Beloved, 
church. We come together. We have a prayer list. Have these things on the prayer list. Things going on. Do not be ashamed to ask for help. There's a storm coming. We need help. We need to come together. Since salvation, it's amazing how many other churches I have gone to because either out of town, traveling, whatever it may be, other churches that don't, fellowship churches, going there, and afterwards, people don't even ask who I am. They don't know me from Adam. They don't know I am saved. They don't know what I'm doing. They have any idea, but no one comes up to me, introduces them who I am. I could be going in there at a time of drastic need, and not one person comes and says, hi. My name is, we need to build up this instinct to run to Jesus. His disciples, even though they were going to die, even though they had that moment of lack of faith, because he said, hey, why are you think? hey, we're going to die, but what did they do? They ran to Jesus. You know what they didn't do? Fishermen try to fix it themselves. How many times do we fix it ourselves? Long-time saint, long-time Christian, don't try to fix it yourself now. And people can say, what do you mean by that? Because I know you, have, you might be do, working with a new couple, they're going through something, you're like, oh, just go to Jesus. He'll save you, he'll repent, he'll save your marriage. But you're going through stuff, you're like, God's going to be ashamed of me. I shouldn't be going through this. Who am I? I was handpicked. I can't go to Jesus now. He picked me for a reason. I've been saved for so many years, I cannot ask for help now, and that is a lie. Run to Jesus. Because if you're trying to do it yourself, you're running with the storm. Because Jesus goes against the storm. Run to Jesus. Even if you have unbelief, even if you're lacking faith, even if you're having doubt, even if you're feeling pain and suffering, run to Jesus. Because Jesus is still there to help. Although you might feel a little bit of conviction, why do you lack faith? He threw a little bit of conviction at them. Why do you say this? Why? Because he wanted to check their hearts. But what did he do right afterwards? Calm the storm. So yeah, we might have to come to Jesus. We might come to pastor, whoever it may be, get a little bit of conviction, a little bit of a rebuke. But in the end, let's fix it. Let's fix it. Jesus didn't go, oh, well, we're going to ride this out a little longer. Let's get a lot of this feelings out now. I can't believe I picked you 12. As soon as it's over, when I get to the other side, find us some other 12. Because when this boat sinks, I can walk on water. As I close, I'm going to go back for the, to the park for just a minute. The reason why it never reopened is because people think it lost its value. People weren't willing to pay for it because they didn't believe in it. You know, at one point, God used a flood to wipe out the, all the people. Hey, even their hearts are wicked. But he saved some. Allowed people to come back. And even though our hearts are still wicked, even though we're still having all these issues, even though we turn our backs on God sometimes, he still sent Jesus down on the cross to die for our sins because he sees value. He made us in his own image. He has, there's a purpose for each and every one of us. There's a purpose in our lives that he created us for a reason, no matter if we're going through the hard times. 
But the question is, are you willing to reopen? Everyone knows John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The disciples made it through the storm. Here's the most amazing thing. They get to the other side. A couple chapters later, Matthew 10. It goes Matthew 10, 1, and then 5 through 8. It says, Jesus called his disciples to him, gave them the authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. These 12, Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or into the town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel, and as you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. The same disciples he just rebuked, he said, now you can go. No matter what you've been through, God still can use you. If you're willing to run to him, and allow him to remove some things that are in our heart. Because that's what's happened. What happened is when something happens to storm, we lock up our heart. We lock up whatever it is. The fear that I don't want to feel the hurting. I don't want to feel the pain. I don't want to feel the loss anymore. No, Jesus is going to freely give to you everlasting life. He didn't say, I can't send these 12. He said, no, now you go cast out demons. You go. Heal lepers, earth, earth, raise the dead. You do it now. Because now we got the lack of faith out of you. Now we got the fear out of you. The same can happen with you and I. If we would just open up our hearts to God once again. Don't lock it away. Don't close it up because of the storm you've been through. God sees the potential in your life. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes this morning. Thank you for listening to this episode of the VBPH Sermon Podcast. When you listen to these inspiring messages, you are helping to send missionaries from the Chandler Bible Conference in September. If you loved what you heard, please send this message to someone that needs to hear it. Then leave us a review using the links in the show notes so that everyone who wants to find this podcast will see it when they search for it. We cannot thank you enough. See you next time.